UA, 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 goes the refrain. A million deaths were not enough for UA. From a child's history of Muad'Dib by the Princess Hero. There, Dunettes and Dunarinos, we are here for another episode of I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Uh, this is Rory Voy. Oh, hi. And he's Red Dune. And uh, he sure I, has. Austin Bridges, I have not, and neither has uh, our other companion, Andy. <laughs> no, I certainly haven't, and I don't intend to. <laughs> no, right. you guys are mean, mean spirited little, little ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> we are illiterate. And we refuse to read books. (laughs) The devil scribbles. (laughs) So, yeah, we refuse to read, but we will listen. And we are eagerly awaiting uh, the next chapter, chapter eight, from our teach, our trusty teach, who is a stern but fair teacher. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we ready? Should we just jump right on into it then? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to, I'm poised and ready to, to launch. Yeah, the thing I will say, just as a note that uh, maybe you can tell or not, but uh, we actually haven't recorded this in a very long time. It's been, it's been a, a while. I don't even know how it's long been it's been. It's been a dog's like... age. It's been a dune's age since we... <laughs> I think I've made that joke last time. Uh, perhaps one of you two could uh, could try and summarize, maybe not the whole thing up till now, but at least, you know, uh, a one previous. Does anybody remember what happened last last week? I, I, last I, I qu- think... I think I do. Our our main family sort of arrived on the planet Arrakis last episode, mm-hmm. and they spent a lot of time with moving boxes and in some sort of mundane action and revolving packing and unpacking. But also, we met this old lady, this old Fremen lady named the shout out Mapes, uh, and she like gave a knife to the mom, the the Benny Jesuit lady, and then she was like, you shouldn't just give me one of those knives. Now you gotta die. And she's like, you're right, I do have to die. Shit. And then suddenly <laughs> now this old lady is like super indebted to Jessica, which is yeah, kind of a, a fun a thing. Yeah, she made a huge mistake. <laughs> what an idiot. What an <laughs> idiot. For trying to present like these people to Fremen as like super cool and competent people, like <laughs> she, she comes in and really screws up right off the bat in a very hilarious way. Like you just made the first mistake anyone makes about these knives. Like, all right. So I'll I'll um recontextualize. So this whole chapter we're about to read is is nothing but a conversation between Jessica and Doctor Ua. Ooh, okay. Okay. And so Jessica is our is our is our lady Benny Jesuit, and Doctor Ua is the the personal the personal doctor to the royal family and uh and future be- murderer. And future trader. Yeah, watch this be a forty-five minute episode. 
it's it, it's it's one of those unfortunate things. This is a, a very cool chapter that I think is really kind of hard to not not you know you really have to understand the characters to know how dope this was. But like we haven't really seen Jessica do that much, so we we it's it's unclear that she's how much of a of a of a witch she is. You know, this right. could be. This could be the show Bewitched, or it could How be Charmed. How much of a witch are you? Yeah, <laughs> to a scale of zero to witch. It, we just don't know. We don't. We have no. We have no context for for like how scary this this sort of sh- mental showdown is between the two of them. Right. Or like if she's a witch with two V's. She's a witch with two V's, like that movie, The Witch with two V's. <laughs> the witch. The witch. Um, and Doctor Yue, Yue is the one that's like super conditioned to like be mentally like have lots of fortitude, right? Like. Yue right. is the one who had who also had a Benny Gesserit wife, not unlike He had his uh, favorite Bible passage picked. Yeah, he has his favorite Bible right. passage. And and his ability to withstand yeah, um mental conditioning has meant that the that I don't think that that means I, I think the implication here is that he can that is that somebody else literally couldn't betray the the Duke. Like they would be sort of brainwashed into not not taking right. certain actions. Right, right, right. Uh, sort of a reverse Manchurian candidate sort of deal. Yep. And so this this conversation is is poised to be very interesting because they're two very mentally acute human beings, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat at odds, right? Like they're not like are these two friends? I don't know. Well, yeah. So we'll let's let's get right into it then. Please so, do. All right. So Lady Jessica opens on her finding Doctor Yue uh, lamenting lamenting in the window. As he as he as he pines about how much bad deeds he's gonna do. Aww. <laughs> Aww, oh, pity poor me, boy. Poor, pity <laughs> me, pity queen. me. He is. He's just he's just moping in the corner. You got you guys. You don't know how hard murders are. You guys. You guys don't understand how hard it is for me to have to murder you later. God. Do we know what Yue looks like at all? Well, here's 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 a little description for you. Okay. Oh fuck. How about that? She saw that Yue's coat was wrinkled, a white smudge. Near the left elbow, as though he had leaned against chalk. He's leaning in a sort of perpetual mope. Uh, he mopes. He just leans on things, and <laughs> he just—he's <laughs> the shout out mopes. He looked from behind like a fleshless stick, like a fleshless stick figure in overlarge black clothing, a caricature poised for stringy movement at the direction of a puppet master. <laughs> Only a squarish block of head with long ebony hair caught in its silver school ring at the shoulder seemed alive. Wow. So he's kind of like a mopey gangle boy. And later, yeah, later in the chapter, she mentions him turning around and his his mustache flapping. Which, <laughs> oh okay, he's got a big like a Mario mustache. He's like a distraught Elizabethan poet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a real Byronic hero. <laughs> yeah, he's just standing at the at the cliff, looking out at the waves, just going, ah, "Murder, wherefore, wherefore." <laughs> Uh, he, he sort of, in, in a, in a, he gets surprised by her sneaking up on his, on his angsty mope, on his angsty, on his angsty window mopes, <laughs> and, uh, accidentally calls her Jessica instead of, I don't know, Lady Jessica. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, he's made, he's made a real Downton Abbey of this one. He's <laughs> devastated. <laughs> Dude is really uh, just Downton Abbey in space. It really is. It's very much, it's, Downton it's, Abbey? It's, yeah, <laughs> uh, I I take back everything I said. If it turned into that pun, I, I don't I don't like that. I don't like it, being responsible. It, it, it is that. until until all the murder and mayhem starts, and then it gets a little. But certainly these sort of like uh, royal uh, 
courtly graces. Courtly graces of like who's a duke and who's a baron and who's a cousin of a king and who's uh, it, it, all of this is just kind of British nonsense. Sure. Was Frankie Herbs uh, of the of the Queen's Kingdom? No, he's an American boy. <laughs> okay. Just an American boy. <laughs> right. So he he addresses her informally, and they have a talk about like, oh, well, we've known each other for six years, and we've been best friends for this whole time, and really, it was time for formalities to be sort of eased between the two of us. Mm. And it's a little heavy-handed, though. Oh, for six years we've been good friends, and now between between the two of us, we can drop in formalities. Uh, it was a little little on the nose, but uh, we can use the formal the two. <laughs> the et- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as he's uh, as he's apologizing about how informal he's been, about how he's just embarrassed her so much, Jessica asks him why why he's at this window pining. For why does a young boy pine? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, UA says he's watching out the window. He's watching all the people uh, get water. He's watching these, these palm fronds, these sort of, um, I don't know, opulent display of wealth, right? For a yeah. tree to grow on Arrakis is sort of, it takes water. Yeah. yeah. That's also a nice way, it seems like, to show Dune, in, or to show Arrakis kind of from our point of view, to see mm-hmm. it from outside of, the, from, you know, in the window looking out. Yeah. It was like a, a good way to show the perspective that we have right now as the audience. Like, we're not emerged in Dune right now. We're kind of like still in this castle when you haven't really gone out into the planet yet. Mm-hmm. Austin, you're going to get an A in English. You're getting an A from teacher. (laughs) (laughs) That essay is turning out swimmingly. Thanks, Teach. (laughs) So so in this whole conversation, uh, UA UA knows that he's he's planning his massive betrayal. And he also knows Jessica has the power of the voice, the ability to command him to speak the truth, uh, should she so choose. Oh, damn. Yeah. So so he's. He kind of he kind of deliberates how how best to to navigate these waters because at the very best it's unclear if he could resist the voice but if he could that would be a pretty big no no. Now does he? Why does he just have to obey Baron Harkonnen and try to try to do the kill? Ah, uh, sure. So so basically, here's what happened. So so his wife died as part of some old blood feud between the the Atreides and the Harkonnens. Right. Um, that they were sort of caught in circumstantially. Neither of them, I don't think, worked for the great houses. Uh-huh. And uh, Baron Harkonnen claims that she is still alive as some sort of some sort of prisoner. In, oh. In, and while he knows that this is almost certainly a lie, he's both willing to risk it and, at the very least, kill the Baron if he's got if, it. If he if he were to be played like this. Okay. Uh, so he basically has decided that the one in a million shot is worth it if his if his Wana is indeed alive, and if it's if it's not, then he'll kill the Harkonnen family. You know, for right. So he's like, I know I'm being played, but you know, this is this is all I got. Yeah, I'm being played, but there's a chance it's not a lie. Sure. Wow, that's kind of fucked though, because he's gonna kill some people for it. Well, well so he far, might. So, he might. Um, he he may indeed. I don't know. We don't know exactly to what to what amount he is complicit in this in this uh, in this scheme. This Harkonnen scheme. True. So what else these crazy cats get up to? Right. So they talk about the trees, and then they they have a conversation, a little bit more expository talk about the water on Arrakis, talking about how every every time somebody tries to drill a well, um, that that it it starts with a trickle. Because they're on these like sort of yeah these big sandstone. 
uh, cliffs is, that's been carved out for the for the palace. But every time somebody tries to you know dig for water, it it turns to a trickle and then and then stops. They question whether some sort of some sort of uh, living agent could possibly be a part of this. To that's like limiting the water supply. Yeah, that that is con- you know there there's no real explanation for why when they found water they you know it, it dries up. Right. Right. Okay. They find water. It just dries up. Uh, and they also do a little bit of explaining why this is a, which I thought was pretty believable. Uh, why this is a sort of barren desert planet, in so much as why there's no larger, you know, larger drilling structures or hydration farms or whatever, is basically like, you know, anything, anything metal just erodes quicker than you know than the equipment it would take to, you know, the, oh, the, the equipment okay. to build it would would be sort of. Yeah, rusted over and, and right. And so long term structures just can't survive. Like metal structures can't survive yeah. super well. Interesting. Okay, I like that. This place sucks. Yeah. Now this is a question that I don't have to get answered right now. It can wait. But like, what's spice made of? Like, isn't normally don't spices normally come from plants? And don't plants need water? Well, uh, we know this uh, at least sort of uh, tangentially what it is. Um, I do, we have certainly not learned it in the book yet. It's right. it's it's worm poop. Okay, oh. okay, 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 okay. The I melange. Get it. The melange is made from the makers from the sandworms um, when they, uh, I don't know, in, in some in some in some sort of biological process, uh, they they it's a byproduct that's in the water in on Arrakis on the real they, water, not the not these little these little trickle streams. And then you you smoke that wormy dookie and you get you get you get to do all the math real good. Yeah, you get to be great at math because remember this is a fucking psychedelic sort of trip where it's just about space wizards doing drugs and flying, <laughs> flying, flying rocket ships. It's heavy metal as fuck, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we learn a little bit more about the backstory between uh, the Harkonnens and the Atreides. Uh, let's see, it goes. Uh, the Baron cannot forget that Leto is a cousin of the royal blood, no matter what the distance. While the Harkonnen titles come out of the Chome pocketbook. But the poison in him, deep in his mind, is the knowledge that the Atreides had a Harkonnen banished for cowardice after the Battle of Corin. And then Yue replies, "Ah, the old feud." So it's sort of like it's a sort of common history of the uh-huh. house, sort of. So okay, so there's like some sort of ancient, maybe not that ancient, but some sort of old battle and old feud that, like, do we know how long ago that was? We don't. Um, we know that his wife died in it, so I would have to guess it was probably Leto's okay. father. Okay, okay. Uh, so, somewhat recent. And Yue is an older man, but I do not. I don't okay. think it's specified how old. But I would say he's certainly in his in sixties. Is a is a pretty good okay. guess. Well, that helps actually. That helps to give a little bit of context because, you know, there seems to be like clearly a lot of the motivations here are political and and that sort of thing. But it seemed pretty personal to me <laughs> when you were describing yeah. it earlier, like from all angles. Well, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna guess that. I mean, I think that's just part and parcel for what kind of story they're telling. This is a, this is a royal drama, right? It's Shakespeare, and, baby. Uh, it's Shakespeare, baby. And I don't know. They have a bad. They have a hard time dropping shit. People, people are allowed to be mad at things that their great grandfather did to somebody else's uh, great uncle. So after that explanation, um, what happens after that? Austin's really hoping that this whole chapter isn't just a conversation. <laughs> so when when did the when did the lasers occur? 
<laughs> when do things happen? When does when does stuff happen? Uh, I'm really getting to see why people love Dune so much. <laughs> yeah. So well, so so this conversation goes. This is where it starts to get a little bit uh, push and pull. So so this conversation about the old feud between the Harkonnens and and the Atreides is is sort of troublesome for Ua because um, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to play his hand and have Jessica sort of realize stuff she doesn't need to be knowing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if so, she asks for it, she could get it. Basically, she asks for it. Well, yeah, and and there's she has like uh, like the Mentats. She has a, a a very strong ability to infer based off you know kind of uh, kind of Sherlock Holmesian sort of mm-hmm. oh right. from the from the treble of your voice, I can tell you you know a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what would that sound like? You got like a, a high bit of a chicken treble. <laughs> A little bit of chicken trouble. <laughs> Man, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in chicken trouble. <laughs> uh, so Yue decides basically that the best course of action here is to tell her uh, as much of the truth as he can and starts describing, it starts telling him how the how the Harkonnens uh, had his wife killed. Mm. Uh, right. And I say describing, he actually basically plays it off. He says that and then plays off that it's just far too painful for him to even discuss, which could be true. Uh, uh-huh. It's when when he says he's going to deliberately tell her the truth to the point of that he feels he can. We are swapping constantly perspective between uh, Jessica and UA. Oh, and cool. yeah, and we're it's 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 truly not it's uh, it's unclear if if that was a little bit of a of a fib or if he really has that much trouble speaking about his wife sure mm. that's kind of a cool way to tell it though yeah yeah i think it's interesting when books choose to you know change perspectives kind of in the middle of a chapter like usually mm-hmm. i think we're used to right now we're used to viewpoint characters being like an anchor point for like a well, whole defi- chapter definitely in fantasy it's a big yeah. they, they very much they they very much like their point of view characters and their magic systems yeah but then to <laughs> sort of have the <laughs> have the narrative camera shift you know in the middle of like a paragraph is even yeah. really interesting yeah it's a, it's a it's a very cool chapter uh let's see what else happens in this conversation oh ua asks why the duke and jessica have not yet married oh. um Ooh. i think that's something we've talked about in a previous episode a little bit didn't we yes. yeah we yeah, did yeah she and is the first I think consort I, yeah she's the first concubine the king the queen of the concubines uh, which I don't think there's ever any mention of a second or third concubine. So I think she's one. For, she's one. She's one for one on the concubine yeah, one, ranking one system. For one. <laughs> <laughs> one for one, baby. <laughs> a nice. <laughs> but basically, they've because she's not of. Uh, well, I mean, she's Benny Jesuit, so it's unclear what kind of like stock that has politically. Uh, right. But to them, at some either because either at the behest of the Benny Jesuit breeding, you know, uh, guides, or or maybe just uh, politically, right? They've, deci- they've, they've decided card. that him being him being able to wed is is more valuable to the to the family, right? And look, if it wasn't going to be important later, they probably would just be married. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's one of those. I think this is one of those things where they want to drive home. Politi- the political intrigue side of this. Well, sure. yeah, I mean, it could also just be foreshadowing for, the royal, for the future. Royal intrigue, I mean, yeah, like like just world building and foreshadowing for future. Uh, like maybe Paul ends up in a scenario where he's got to marry somebody, right? Like maybe like this is just setting an expectation mm-hmm. of like yeah, this is the kind of way, world we live in. It's an inroad to talk about the way that culture is. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think we see a lot of parallels here where uh, Yue is married to a to a Bene Gesserit priestess as well. Uh huh. They have a similar hatred of the Harkonnens. Right. And I've heard tell that if you were to sort of because I never really got what the fatal flaw of, of Duke uh, Leto Atreides plot was supposed to be planned for outsmarting the Harkonnens. And what I've what I've read is that the assumption here that he makes uh, with with Yue and then, uh, you know, also in a larger sense is an assumption that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the assumption that he can trust Yue based on a shared hatred of the Harkonnens might have not been, you know, might have been an oversight. That is fair. And I guess in a similar sense, the the assumption that he can forge an alliance with the Fremen based on a shared hatred of the Harkonnens, we can infer, <laughs> you know, what 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 uh, what lines they're drawing there. Anybody but Harkonnen, right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Got a, a tight five on yeah. on anti Harkonnen material. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was gonna bomb. Um, that you know, that's gonna be the bit, the nuts and bolts of this one. We had a nice little short, short chapter of, of talking back and forth. UA, UA says that, uh, you know, he gave Paul, gave Paul a sleeping pill because he's. I think, I think the window is later revealed to be outside the one that Jessica saw Paul favoring. For some reason, oh. she can't just say Paul's room. I guess because they just got here, she's like, oh, he's outside the room that I bet Paul would have picked if I right. had enough, if I knew which room my boy was in. <laughs> I mean, Paul's probably off somewhere just, like, trying to think about his new life, possibly as a Mentat. Uh, it's a giant palace. He's looking out the window. She says... He's put up his, like, caution, don't come in. Paul's room. <laughs> Paul's room. His, like, moody teenager signs are already no up moms. on the door. Knock no first. Mom. <laughs> Mom! And, uh, and, that, and they, they part ways. They part ways having, having sort of mentally squared off not really knowing it Yue knew she she had no idea that she, you know that she was dealing with a with a traitor right uh and i like i said i don't know that we have a good grasp of how close uh to getting found out Yue was or wasn't because we haven't really seen jessica use her powers in any sort of plot specific way uh uh-huh uh but, but nonetheless i think she didn't know she's a she's a she's a cop who could read minds and he's a bad guy and so you know <laughs> Uh, d- delightfully tense. <laughs> delightfully yeah. um, tense. Very nuanced. Thank you. <laughs> you can stop using. You can stop. Trying <laughs> you can to... stop saying nuance and juxtapose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you've already you've already written the five hundred words you need that essay to be. You don't need to pad it out a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, UA once again laments how hard it is to be such a traitor, and yeah. uh, that's that's the, Rough, the huh? chapter. It's only fifteen pages, twenty pages, something like that. Nice, nice, nice. I feel for I feel for UA a little bit, but like knowing what's going on, I find it hard to 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 sympathize, right? Yeah, like I tend to agree that we we've come into the story at an awkward place to now start sympathizing for UA. Yeah, if yeah. it had been if it had been you know the story of the the, the sad tale of Doctor UA, and we see his rise and his in his love life is that we get a little up. A little bit of up, a little ten minute up sequence where we see you and yeah. his wife spend a lifetime together. <laughs> then, like sure. maybe, yeah, but it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to jump in now and be like, "Yeah, you it must be hard, bud." <laughs> I just don't know if you know that like one percent chance that the evil man has not killed your wife mm-hmm. to then like, well, I guess I'll kill a child. <laughs> like you're already an old man. Like knowing that he's old, and it's like 
look, dude, you're you're on the way out anyway. Like, how much <laughs> of a how much more of a future are you getting if she even is alive? Sure. You know, and what is that if you can't live with yourself? Because he because he done murdered space Jesus. Well, I I think one important thing here is 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 in comparing the parallels between Yue and and Leto. Both of them believe they are sort of fundamentally smarter than Baron Harkonnen, and that they will have the mm-hmm. last laugh by, you know, through through nothing but their sheer intellect. Right. I mean, I'm just looking ahead. I'm assuming that Dad dies. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Like clearly, clearly, this is what the story is leading towards. Like Duke Leto is gonna die. Yeah, our, he is our Ned Stark of this story. He's far too like. If we're nice. in the Lion King of it all, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's very much that. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure they've even more or less told us in the in the little snippets we get at the start of the chapters. Oh, you're right. You're um, right. We definitely we definitely got that from one of the Princess Irulan bits. Yeah, that she says he's going to be emperor one day. Which more? I mean, he's. I guess all dads die. But yeah, uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I take it back. Oh, My Austin, we got forever. Austin, Austin, honey, we got to tear this bandaid off one day. <laughs> no, no, no I'm talking about the Father, our Lord God, <laughs> the Great Father, the Father of all fathers. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays. Saturday Morning Tuesdays, you guys, it's the show that started it all. Uh, you can hear me, Rory, and Andy, and we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, <laughs> cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. And it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.